Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Steph Romanski. I got time. I'm working on it. <laughs> he hasn't said yes yet because it would technically be breaking the rules because it's like one of those weird... Uh, da, 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 it's uh, a first release. Yeah, it's an it? exhibition thing. They, they weren't going to put it on VOD, but now basically it's VOD. Okay. But Any it's... Any inkling yeah. on when they might try to reopen? Well, the the... AMC's are opening up at the end of August. Okay. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah, they're opening up that weekend. I don't know when they're going to open, but I'm I'm imagining with AMC saying we're opening. You know, so I'm getting conflicting signals because AMC saying we're opening and Disney Plus is like, nope, Mulan, we'll go straight to VOD. You know, so I don't know what the what the deal is. I don't know. Either. I don't know. I I couldn't even begin to tell you when I'd even think about going back into the theater. To be honest with you. I'm yeah. not. No way would I go. I still won't go to a restaurant. Right. I've been to a few restaurants, but I it's can't. been it's been very sparse. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's okay, but it's one of these things too. It's like you're taking your life in your own hands when you're doing this, you know. And I know things have been pretty calm around here, but again, I'm just terrified with school starting again. That it's just gonna. Because I understand a couple of counties over, it's kind of spiking a little bit. And it's like, yep. oh, it's only a matter of time for this goes nuts again. If it's any consolation, I have talked to my kids at length because I was terrified sending them back. And they're all like, yeah, no, it's it's happening. Yep. It, not just is it happening, but everyone's wearing masks. I'm like, yeah, good. That's good. Good. That's good. So, although maybe I did. This, maybe this generation's our salvation yet. I don't know. Yeah. Although there is because a. We sure as hell ain't. No. <laughs> there is a subreddit called Leopardate My Face. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Nope. Where the the basic concept is someone says something and then reaps the consequences of that thing they just said. And it was a picture in Georgia of all the seniors on the first day of school without masks on taking a picture. And then nine days, school canceled after nine days. I'm like, yeah, no shit. School was canceled after nine days. (laughs) You know, leopard ate my face. I thought that, anyway. So welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese, where real life's cult cinema, cult cinema is frequently real life. I'm Mike. Steph. And I object, Your Honor. You object? You're, this whole system's out of order, buddy. <laughs> you can't object. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Chad's got... Two bowls of split, split, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, you had a little bit of an adventure the last couple of weeks, oh, Chad. Oh, God. Okay. What, what happened to you? <laughs> well... What happened? In the midst of a global pandemic, somebody got summoned for jury duty for the months of June and July. Uh-huh. And... Through all of June, I kept getting notified. It's like, your service is not required. It's like, yay! We get into July, the first two weeks of July. Your services are not required. Yay! yay! Third week of July, you have to report Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Boom! <laughs> oh, no! So, you guys you guys have got the call before, right? Yes, oh, yes. I had. Okay. To, I almost made it to the trial that okay. day. I got voidered out. Okay. I went in twice. Once I got dismissed, didn't make the voir dire. Is that what it's called? Voir I didn't know, I didn't know that. One time I didn't make the voir dire. Second time I did. And about the time the lawyers and I started waving at each other, I think, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I've had game night at your house. Yeah, they they did not select me for the final jury. I got like a triple Yahtzee on my first time out because, you know, I reported. And, uh, you know, you go to the one big room. There's like probably... 40, 50 people in there, and they're like, if we call your name, you have to go over to the other room. Those is what they're, because they moved it out to the community college to spread things out. Oh, man. We didn't have to go, okay. Okay. We didn't have to go down to the courthouse. And so, you know, you're in there, and they and they start calling names, and they're going to call 30 people to go in the other room. And I was counting. And I sort of lost count at about 20, and then a few more names come, and it's like, come on, come, come on. on. And then juror number, ba 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 you, and Motherfucker! Yeah. So I get up and I trot over to the other room. Three or four more people get called in. We're in there, and of course that's missed they, it by missed that it much. By that much. And then of course they start going through the whole vaudeur thing or whatever. Vaudeur. Vaudeur. It means to see and to say. Ah, I see. That How educated. En français. And so they go through and they start asking questions. And I think the absolute most hysterical thing about this is, is like it's on record now that I approve the use of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and, or 
I'm for you know, the legalization of marijuana. You know, Freaking stoner. Even beyond medical marijuana. Like, screw it. The hell with it. You know, tax it. Let's make some money. On At it. this point, <laughs> smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. And so, and, they, and I think they just go, then the defense lawyer would like going through and you ask everybody questions like, who are you? What do you do? And long and short, I said, well, this, I'll work the paper for 20 years. And it's like, I'm not a morning person, which got a laugh at everybody. <laughs> and then, and then it gets all, they get all done with everything. And then, <laughs> that anyway, doesn't matter. Right, that doesn't matter at all. So anyway, you know, and they go through, these people are trying to get out, get out of it. And it's like, nope, <laughs> nope. And in fact, I had a friend who also got jury duty summons for the same time, but he was like, he's like legally deaf and he got off. And it's like, so he's giving me grief this whole time. And so it gets to the point where, okay, we're going to call, we're going to call name. Your name is called. You can leave. So they start calling names and you're like, come on, come on, come on, call my name, call my name. Suddenly they stop calling names and you're still sitting there. And it's like, uh, and then so it's like, okay, trial starts tomorrow. See it. <laughs> See it at 8 a.m. Like, at the courthouse. And it's like, and you go, you gotta wear your mask and all this. Excuse, excuse me, your honor. Did you hear me say I'm not a morning person? Right, right. <laughs> And uh, it was really funny because like when I turned in my sheet at the courthouse, I told him, I said, look at me, I'm kind of a big guy. It's like, I have some concerns. Am I going to fit in a jury seat? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it'll be fine. And then come to find out, report to the courthouse the next morning. They're not putting us in the jury. They're basically cleared out the, the, the audience section or whatever and spread us all out on the benches. Oh. Okay. Oh, those Very uncomfortable no, wooden it benches. No, it wasn't bad, like sitting in a church pew for yeah. for nine hours a day for four days straight, and and it was it was a the case was a drug deal gone bad, and it was all about the math, and uh, someone got shot in the head, and uh, <laughs> and you on record as a druggie. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, yeah, power on, brother. No, anyway, it's just along the shore of it. Uh, this some idiot just got a settlement for some workman's comp thing, right? Right. And he got awarded 50 grand. And so what's the first thing this idiot wants to do? Meth! He wants to blow <laughs> five grand on a pound of meth just to see what it looks like. He says. <laughs> he says, allegedly. So, and... Uh, says what it looks yeah, like in his crack right. pipe, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Along the short of it, it's like these, these, these dealers are just ripping him off. They... And it's like, yeah, where do you want to go if you want to get drugs? Come to our town. That's where you go to get the drugs. And uh, and so anyway, it was a setup. It was an ambush. The guy got shot in the head. He stole his money. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> no, it's, not, it, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, funny. it's grimly funny. It's a little funny. I can laugh at it now. At the time, it was like crazy. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the funniest part was like on the first day, it's like you, you heard the guy who got shot in the head. He almost died, but he survived. So we heard his testimony. And his tweaker buddy, who was with him, who sort of set up the deal, and the, the, the cross-examination by the defense got really heated. And you're sitting there watching this, and you're sitting there, and it's like, yeah, it's like TV. <laughs> and, uh, but then, as the, as the whole thing goes on, it's like, I just like I, any romantic notion that anybody has ever had about serving on a jury, flush that shit. Mm. It's not what you think. You know, it's... It's like moments, ex- brief explosions of, of, of intensity like that, but most of it is just cops who don't want to testify, who or who don't like testifying, trying to lay out all this forensic stuff, you know. And it's like constant objections, and you know, the, and then the, the 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 prosecutor keeps pounding this stuff, trying to get something submitted in evidence, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and so like this goes on for like three days you know and 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 then when it's all it's like we get to the, the the middle of like the third day or whatever and it's like this is never going to get over because the defense hasn't even presented a case yet but like the prosecution finally rests and uh and they're gonna and so it's over to the defense and then all of a sudden everybody breaks off into their into these separate rooms to talk about something and at that point i'm going he's going to cop a plea and this was all for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> said, yeah. Do all this for nothing. And then no, they came back and then basically there was no defense. The defense basically says he's guilty, just not guilty of the charges. That right. Right. Against. Right. You know, and then they turn it over to the jury and of course they don't put us in the little jury room. They basically give us the whole courtroom to deliberate. Right. I would have sat in the judge's chair. Right. Oh. <laughs> 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 Judge plan back. Uh, I will. 
later. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and so, I object. Yeah. <laughs> and so the craziest thing is, so so you're in this this huge room. You've got this table full of of evidence. And it's like, is this how is how? And all I can think about is, you know, we did that escape room a while back. Yeah. And and that's all I could think of while we were doing this. It's like this is like an escape room. This is insane. Is this is this some form of, of just just criminal justice? I don't I don't know. You know. But at the end of the day, it's like because like during the trial, you're like, you're kind of like you're paying attention. You're trying hard to pay attention. You're taking notes and you're kind of watching the other jurors and it's like, oh my god, I don't ever want to get arrested for anything because yeah. I don't want my fate in the hands of of people like me who really don't want to be there. You know, and that was funny. Yeah, that first day of, of of you know the selection day, I got sat, I sat, I got stuck by somebody who really didn't want to be there, and he was very vocal about it. Mm. And it's like, and it's kind of just I was like, dude, none of us want to be here. Yeah, you know, it's like you are not special. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so at the end of the day, it's like <laughs> it's crazy that we got some free pizza, <laughs> and we handed down a verdict, <laughs> and he, the guy's going to jail. Because some moron wanted to buy a pound of meth, you know, and so it's like I was okay with it, but you start thinking about it sometimes. Like I sent this kid to jail because this idiot, yeah, did an idiot idiot thing, yeah, did an idiot thing, and so it's like, so what's going to happen to the idiot, you know, that kind of thing. Yep, yep. Well, I remember like when when I was uh, when I was uh, up there, you know, answering answering the questions, there was a dude next to me who was who was making sexual remarks about one of the lawyers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going, yeah, this is, this is a flawed system at best, you know, yeah. <laughs> because he's sitting there looking at the lawyer. Oh, I understand. You know, she was visibly pregnant at the time. It's like, Oh, I understand how she got knocked up. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, you, ugh, yeah, it was, was gross. Was, yeah. There were a couple guys like during the road there and they'd ask him questions and they'd just go off on these bizarre tangents that have nothing yep. to do with yep. their own experience with, with law enforcement, which wasn't good in a couple couple places, so it's like mm-hmm. no, he's probably out, you know. And it's like, what can I make up <laughs> just to, just to get out of here? And uh, but no, I had to make a joke, and I think that's what got me in trouble. Oh, uh, it's what got you on the jury. <laughs> that's so what got me on the jury. So here, if you get nothing from this episode of the Atomic Weight of Cheese, get no know that uh, if you're ever on jury duty, be deadly serious. Yeah. Speak your, only when spoken yeah, to. Get, get a note from your doctor. Yeah, that would be good too. And so, and I don't, yeah, there was one day too where they were trying to set up like this. Uh, this they were trying to get basically to get a witness to zoom in, you know, make yeah, a zoom yeah, call yeah, call in for, to testify, and they could not get the audio. <laughs> they, and so it was just like this horrific feedback and reverb and an echo, and, and it's just so they couldn't get to work, couldn't get to work. And I made it again because just who I am. It's like, yep. hello, Cleveland. <laughs> and the guy sat next, the juror sat next to me lost it. He thought that was hysterical. You know? Come in, Tokyo. Come in, Tokyo. And eventually they just had the guy call in. You know, and yeah. then, uh, just the audio was on his on his, on his on the phone. And it was just, it was just, you know, and they were just trying to adjust on the fly because of the pandemic. You know, and this whole time I was like, I didn't get it. It's like, I don't want any part of this, you know, because just because this stuff's going on. And um, I know I think it was on Twitter. Someone mentioned that they were can't believe that they were having to have jury duty during a pandemic. It's like believe it, and best of luck. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) believe it and best of luck. The American legal system as seen by Chad Blomack. Yeah, yeah, it was like too. It was like oh no, because it's like I'm the only character with this, this, this. It's like believe me, a lot of people have the same. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. Nobody's sitting around waiting for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be there. You know, and uh, at the end, of the, and part of it is like I can't believe this is how we do things, and the other part of it is like, okay, I think this works, because huh. you know, everybody, I think everybody was paying attention, and everybody contributed during the deliberations, and we got lucky because we got we got like a really good guy volunteered to be the foreman, and uh, what made him good? He just kind of like took took charge, and you know basically took because you got like these. They, they break down the charges and then you have to like 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 the, the guy had to commit like six different qualifiers sure <laughs> to qualify sure to be sentenced on these on these things and so but yeah it's an experience that 
I guess I don't really regret it, but it's like, Jesus, I don't ever want to do that again. I yeah. Don't, I don't. And I started telling people, like, everybody, when I, until like it was over, and everybody's like joking about it. And it's like, it's like, I don't think people realize, like, this is, this is kind of a terrible responsibility. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like you said, I don't, I said, I don't, I don't ever want to have to do that again. Wow. Lights. Oh, <laughs> okay, lights, we're recording. We also lights, went to. But only okay. when they're green. Oh, God. You sound good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, so. I, I'll blame the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chad, your experience in the jury pool and in the uh, in the courtroom put us in mind to, to talk about courtroom scenes, courtroom uh, uh, dramas, jury, jury dirty movies. Well, some of them are dramas. Some of them not. You said split plea soup to go. Oh yeah, hey, that, beauty. That is about the most I know about the Canadian judicial system. <laughs> is what I saw on a that. Strange yeah, brew? on Strange Brew. It's like if I ever go to the Canadian uh, uh, you know trial and they don't wear wigs and and it doesn't look kind of like that, then I'm going to be disappointed. But so we figured we'd go around the horn once or twice and talk about. Uh, um, courtroom scenes that have stuck in our memory one way or the other be it uh true to life or completely not true to life given <laughs> given that uh, uh chad now has more experience than i think all of us about because i've never never had to do the whole thing yeah like i said i got voir out on my last i've, I've been called twice yeah. what was your case do you remember, <clears throat> you remember? it was a sexual assault case oh, so geez. i'm glad i got yeah. I didn't want to do it. I know that. that was funny because like in the in the build up to it, you know, and or when he got it, I was like, just no sexual assault cases, please, and no meth cases. Of course, I got a <laughs> freaking meth case, but do you remember what yours was, Mike? Yeah, mine was an insurance fraud thing. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that either. Yeah, and I, I remember a, a creeping sense of dread when the defense attorney says, so what we're going to do is we're going to be explaining fraud law to you. And I'm like, God damn. Oh, I know. I, I, just, yeah, I, I think I got it's just like a little bit lucky because to me, like the case was pretty open and shut. It was just yeah, to what yeah. degree what degree to charge him with. Right, right. And it's one of these things too. And it's like, again, it's just like TV. And it's like, well, I think they put this higher charge on there just so we'd go for the lesser one, you know, just to get him, yep. you know, that kind of thing. But anyway. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'll jump off and start, if you don't mind, because this one popped to mind recently, uh, especially since, um, for some reason, recently, uh, uh, I forget what, the, oh, it was Amadeus, someone, it was you, I think, telling us about uh, Mark Hamill playing yeah. uh, Mozart on, on Broadway, Broadway yeah. and yeah. then just, oh, Luke Skywalker can't be Mozart, it's yeah. like, well, okay, yeah, and um, it brought up the films of Milos Forman, and so I, I, I think I saw one on cable or something, it just, you know, Milos Forman was top of mind. Oh, it was. Oh, I remember what it was. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Have you seen they're doing a Nurse Ratched series? Yeah. That the yeah. dude that a series. I thought it was a movie. It's a series that the dude who did American Horror Story. Oh, brother. Which means it's going to be really lurid and loud and amount to absolutely nothing <laughs> because Ryan Murphy can't. The dude can't tell a story. I remember in the second season of American Horror Story, they forgot a subplot with aliens. Like aliens showed up and did a bunch of stuff and then they poofed away and because the writers forgot about it because they were too busy dealing with Nazi <laughs> demon hookers in the middle of a freaking uh, insane asylum. I hate Ryan Murphy's sensibility, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Anyway, it brought up The People versus Larry Flint where the actors recreate a Supreme Court scene, uh, a scene uh, from the Supreme Court where Larry Flint has taken a case all the way uh, against Jerry Far Falwell. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you remember this? Yeah. Because, uh, as Woody Harrelson so memorably and uh, eloquently said in the film, like I said, Jerry Fartwell. You know? <laughs> um, but it's an argument about the core of the movie. Basically, the, the screenwriters, who also did Ed Wood and, and yeah. uh, uh, a bunch of other very good biopics, we're lucky enough to have the nut of the movie defined by this case, which is Larry Flint basically saying, if you defend me, you defend everybody below me. I'm the worst. I'm terrible. But if you defend me on the grounds of free speech, you defend everybody underneath me. And that was the um, that was the scene I'm talking about where Edward Norton is plays the attorney for Larry Flint, who is trying to defend this indefensible joke that sure. Larry Flint made and just talking about where those lines are in free speech and the limits of free speech and if there should be and all the it's it's a very they, they they really distill it down nicely so it's about maybe four to five minutes of screen time but it's a fascinating four to five minutes of screen time especially if you like me have struggled over the course of your intellectual life with where 
with, with where you exist on the First Amendment extremism level, right? So right. are you a First Amendment absolutist or are you something yeah. else? And where are those yeah. lines for you and all those sorts of things? It's a really fascinating yeah. look into A, the system, and B, the, the topic that the system was discussing. Yeah. So. I just, I guess, it's always like you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't exclude you from repercussions right? from saying so. And so refresh my memory. Who shot Larry Flint and why? This had nothing to do with the case or whatever. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, it didn't have anything to do with the case. And if I remember correctly, it was it was just some crazy guy. Just I crazy. Okay. I, it's it's much like uh, like Reagan. I mean, Reagan wasn't assassinated for political things. It was you know it, yeah. it, it was something. It was mental illness. And I believe, allegedly allegedly. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and I believe that that was yeah. the Larry Flint thing as well. Yeah. Although, if you know better, you know, let me know. In no, I said, yeah, no. Yeah. I was like, I, <laughs> I'm racking my brains. Like, I can't remember why. And Dad, he said that had nothing to do with the case. So I just. Yeah. Curious. Sorry. Like I said, Jerry Fartwell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Woody Harrelson is, is grade A in that movie, yep. you know. Also, by the way, I'm, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, did you know Woody Harrelson's father uh, assassinated a federal judge and was a hitman for the mob? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. I listened Speed to a podcast told me that. It. Yeah. Oh, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I can't so remember that's when what... I, was, yeah, I found out and kind of dug into it. It's like, Wow, that's a now. There's a yeah, there's a story and a half. It's dark as hell, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of puts Woody Harrelson's kind of uh, stranger extracurricular behavior in a little bit of a context, sure. doesn't it? It's like, sure. yeah, he's running around naked playing the bongos in London in the middle of the night, but man, he ain't he ain't his daddy, and that's good. So. <laughs> All right, let's go around to Chad. What do you got? Uh, Anatomy of a Murder. Ah, uh, great courtroom drama. Jimmy Stewart's awesome in that. Great. Uh, kind of under the radar performance from uh, George C. Scott. Ooh, I like and, George C. Scott. Uh, and the, the thing, and I love the old judge, the old judge in the movie. The judge we had was pretty good for the trial too. Mm -hmm. it's, and uh, I remember the thing that I always remember from that movie is uh, you're gonna hear the word panties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Panties, 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 panties. So let's let's get the giggling out now. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's your stinger stuff. Right. <laughs> And uh, so, and then, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, there's really, it's, I think that was, that's an assault case. And it's one of these things too. It's like the defendant is sort of an irredeemable piece of shit, but uh -huh. you know, he deserves, he deserves to be defended. And he, again, he didn't do what he did, but he probably did something else, Yep. you know? And so, and uh, Lee well, Remick, oh my God. But uh, what, what are some hot of the pants? Ooh, <laughs> humma, humma, humma. What are some of the bits on that that stand out? Just is it is it an overly long sequence? Uh, or just... just it's just the uh, uh, the strategies behind you know both sides you know and uh, you kind of saw that a little bit in like in the real trial you know again it's like parts of this I'm like Jesus Christ this is just like on TV you know but then but oh I didn't mention this too but it's like with the forensic stuff and it's like and I'm sure like this is this isn't like news to a lot of people but. Holy Jesus Christ! Are those CSI shows science fiction? Oh yeah, those are such garbage. It's such you know, and it's and it's and it's almost disingenuous, you know what yeah, they yeah. what they what they put forth. Well, have and, you heard them talk about the CSI effect to where people have watched those shows so much it's now what they expect when they go right, into a courtroom, right? You know, but then part of it too, it's like um, you know they found like all these bullet casings, and again, we found the kid on a lesser charge because he couldn't prove he did the shooting. And they had all these these shell cases and everything, but they never did any fingerprints. Yeah, you know, and so it's like, okay, you know, again, it's like because that's what you're thinking about, you know, and bring out the bring out the blue light, you know, that kind of crap, you know. But and it's like, what do I know? And again, and I mean, anything is like, what the hell do those shows know? <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's just like you said, it's just, and at some point, it's like, is that is that legal and is it biased? You know, is it biased? I don't know. Yeah, I don't but. Know. But no, it's like the thing that I loved about Anatomy Murder and anything it was just like a shell game between the prosecution and the defense, you know, and uh, and uh, uh, Stewart is the shyster. And uh, it's just, it was really... I, you know, I'm always a fan when Jimmy Stewart pulls out the dark side yeah, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because he, like yeah. he never went full villain, but always when he's not oh, Mr. A couple Wholesome. Those, yeah, yeah, a couple of those westerns, he kind of did. And there's, um, oh God, it's one of the Thin Man's. And it turns out he's in it. It turns out, oh, the spoilers, he's the bad guy. Oh, that's cool. And so he done it. You know, he did, he was the murderer. And it's, it's just like, because it, like, the first time you see that, and it's like, wait a minute. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So. That's awesome. All right. Let's jump to Steph. What's one that you, that sticks in your brain? Well, when you brought up this topic half an hour ago, I... <laughs> A little peek behind the scenes of the atomic weight of cheese. What are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, what are we talking about? I don't know. The first one that jumped in my mind was a few good men. 
you can't handle the truth and all that. And um, it's a good movie. You know, I mean, it's it's more contemporary than like sure. that one or anything like that. But was it Code Red? They, they the Code, code Red yeah. and um, how punishment is meted out, kind of under the radar, down yeah. on the down low, yeah. and but this is, a, this is a Guantanamo or Guantanamo. Right? Guantanamo. Before yeah. that, I can't talk. Sorry. Hamana, hamana, Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was a movie I watched mostly because it was on. You know, this was this came out back when everyone still had cable, and that was what they relied on for yeah. their entertainment. It's not something I saw in the movies or anything, but you know, it came out on TV. I rented it or whatever, and it just was just good. I just, I just liked, I like courtroom dramas anyway. So this was an interesting. Damn it! I have to learn. That's okay. Um, it was just an interesting play by play. You know, as they. It's one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. Is she it? loves that one. And uh... the, the, the one thing that I find, I, I, to me, like watching it, you know, I think Cruz can be a pretty good actor when he's invested. Yes. Yeah. But it, to me, it's like that scene with Nicholson and he's getting all, getting into Jerry Maguire mode when mm-hmm. he's talking to him. And then it just, Nicholson, I mean, he, he won the fight on that, but it's like Nicholson's basically running circles around him yeah, as, an, as an actor. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And so oh, that, yeah. that just, him up. Yeah, and so I just, I, just, I also thought that was kind of interesting. So. And yet, it's like, the the weird thing about that scene, too, is that it asks you, it's like, yes, they've built up Jessup, the, the uh, Jack Nicholson character, as an arrogant guy throughout the whole movie. And what you need to believe for that, the whole thing hinges on the idea that Tom Cruise can make him mad enough to Blurt lose out control. The right, yeah. right. And it's like, I buy that, you yeah. know? So on that level, I think Cruz pulled it off that it's like, yeah, he's well, annoying like me play, too. Like playing the fool a little bit? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. Okay. Well, no, not even that. Just just like, yeah, I could see how someone of a certain ego would just not be able to restrain sure. himself. Well, and not want to be proven wrong or, yeah. you know, or right. told that he was. Yeah. Well, he's just one of those people that just double down on their own bullshit, even mm-hmm. though they know they're yep. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want me on that wall. Right. Yeah, that you need bit. me yeah. on that yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Who else is there? Demi Moore? Kevin uh, Demi Pollack. Moore, Kevin Bacon. Uh, Kevin Bacon. That's right. Yep. Kevin Bacon. Yep. Yeah, um, Demi Moore, James Marshall, Christopher Guest. Yeah, Guest her... is in it for just a minute because um, Rob Reiner directed it. Yeah. And J.T. So, Walsh. Yeah. That's right. Xander Berkeley, he's on 24. And the Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, uh, what's his oh, name? Yeah. Um, Noah Wiley has a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah Noah Wiley. Yeah. That, Josh a... Molina's in it? Yeah, he is. I remember that. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Everybody's in this movie. Lots yeah. of people. So, yeah, it's, that's a good pick. I like yeah. that movie a bunch. So, all right. So, I'm a little confused because okay. I watched a movie not all that long ago that was about... Um, the trial between uh, Williams Jen- William Jennings The Bryant. Scopes trial. Yeah, the Scopes trial. Yeah. The Scopes monkey trial, right? Is that movie Inherit the Wind or is that yes. different? Yes. It is. Yes. Okay, good. Because I was confusing it between another movie that was like about McCarthyism mm-hmm. that I think also had wind in the title. Well, and, uh, that's sort of a thinly veiled. Yeah, yeah. It's a thinly veiled McCarthyism right. thing. Right. So I'm going to jump in with Inherit the Wind because I remember liking it and i remember that same sort of few good men thing where it's just like okay i'm gonna trap you in your bullshit you know it's like you you are going to keep throwing this argument for me i'm going to build a wall around this argument and then you're not going to be able to get out of it (laughs) and that's what happened to the jennings bryant character in that movie and as a nebraskan i tend to you know maybe root for jennings bryant a little bit yeah but apparently he wasn't a very good person. No, it doesn't seem that way. And the, the best thing about that movie is, holy Jesus, Frederick March oh, as Bryant yeah. and uh, Spencer Tracy as... Um, Darrow. Darrow. Yeah. Holy crap. Spencer just Tracy is watch, really good in that movie. Just watching those two guys. even But even Frederick March, he brings a bit of uh, humanity mm-hmm. to William Jennings Bryant. And uh, even his argument is completely deluded or whatever, <laughs> but he believes in it. But yeah. he, you know, he understands when they're pushing it too far. Yep, he understands when they're pushing it too far, <clears throat> and you also run into the idea of like, I, I talk about someone coming with their bullshit, but like he yeah. was an orator and used yeah. to persuading people through the art of oration. Yeah. So it's like, uh, in my mind, I was watching it. It's like, yeah, he believed it, but he believed in himself more. Sure, you know, and that's where I thought yeah. Je- uh, Bryant, he's, the the, he's the villain, treat- was coming. From. Yeah, he's treating it as a sermon. Yeah, yeah, not, exactly. Not as a there, court case. You said it smart. And yeah, no, it just it just like I said, no, I really love that movie. And again. It's, mm-hmm. 
I could watch March and, and, and Tracy Buttheads for two hours on that movie because yep. it's so good. Yep. And uh, and then Gene Kelly is such a shit in that movie. Yes, he is. You We're know, talking the, about the, good people yeah, doing know, bad yeah, things. No, yeah, no, it, it's like the you know, Smarmy McSmarmo and all the great Hollywood musicals, and he is just because he plays uh, the reporter. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not going to. Oh God! If only we had someone on database. But anyway, but yeah, it's just it's really because he wrote. It's the same reporter who wrote the really scathing obituary for William Jennings Bryan. And and it's just yeah. like you said, you read that, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see where you're coming yeah, from. Like yeah, he's, he's the one who paid for Daryl to come. Yep, yeah, come to come do the. Yeah. I, d I don't remember, but I just remember that movie. That's one of the things that is going to bug me about the death of mid-level cinema. Okay. You know, it's like the Hollywood movies aren't going to make. They're not going to make twenty to fifty million dollar sure. movies anymore yeah. with great actors locking horns going. You know, because they Hollywood is convinced that's yeah. not what people want anymore. And yeah. man, that's fun when it works. Yeah, no, know? I watched uh, uh, Comes a Horseman. I don't know a few that nights one. ago. That's uh, Jane Fonda and uh, James Caan. And uh, and it's just this simple kind of a modern Western made in the 70s. Like I said, you're, like I said you'll never see this kind of movie anymore. And again, that makes me kind of sad. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really good. Uh, James Robards is in it too. And it's just, oh, man. it's really, it's really good. So I'm trying to think <clears throat> of another movie that I saw right along those lines. Just a second. I'm sorry. Blah, 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 Of course, blah. like you said, and then, you know, Daryl lost the case. Yeah. But there wasn't. He did, but it didn't much matter. <laughs> it didn't much matter. Because yeah. I think the, the teachers got fined. And that was basically the end of it. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, Chad, what's your next one? Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the obvious one. 12 Angry Men. Woo! Um, like I said, that's probably one of the best, you know, closed room dramas ever committed to film as far as I'm concerned. It's and, a great bottle episode. <laughs> right. It's a great bottle episode. And I mean, everybody around that table gets their moments. Yeah, you know, that's and, true. And um, just uh, just the, the total uh, uh, sea change, you know, from the kid did it to, you know, he's innocent, you know. But actually, you know, you know what my absolute favorite moment in that movie is? Because huh. I've is, got mine. Is uh, is in the is in the restroom about halfway through. And Edward Benz, great character actor. Right. Kind of corners Henry Fonda. And he basically asked him, so what if you get us all to change your mind and this kid really did do it? Yeah. What yeah. You know, and then and there's that one brief moment. But, of course, it's Henry Fonda. Of course, Henry Fonda can't yeah, be yeah, wrong, yeah. you know. But I just love that moment because it's like, you know, maybe the kid did do it. Yeah. And you're making a whole lot of something out of a whole lot of nothing just for the attention. You yeah. Know? My, my favorite bit in that movie is right at the beginning okay. when, when everyone's like, all right, let's get this done so we can go home. And right. Henry Fonda's just basically sitting in the corner yeah. doing his thing. It's like, and at some point he's got to stand up and, okay. and then it all kind of, you know, I, yeah. I love that bit. Cause this, this was another one of my big issues, you know, with getting back to reality and in the, in yeah. the trial that I was on is they gave it, they gave it to the jury like at five o'clock in the evening. And they says, we're going to stay here till nine o'clock. And if you don't get a verdict, You'll come back tomorrow morning, and of course nobody, nobody, nobody wants, to, wants come to come back on Friday morning. And it's like, if this hadn't been a little more open and shut, you know, this could have, you know, this could have been who knows. And again, it's like it's, you could have it's, still been there. We could still be there, or it's just you know, screw it, whatever. Let's. I just want to go home. Mm -hmm. You know that kind of thing. And it's like, is that right? So yeah, you yeah. can't depend on a jury having that one guy on it. Who's right. Like, no, we're gonna do this right. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the remake? Of Twelve Angry Men. Oh, Man? I think I did. Who played the Fonda character? Because Jack was like Lemon. A, it was like a TBS thing. Wasn't Jack it? Lemon. Was it, yeah, wasn't it direct to TV? Yeah, it was direct. It was like yeah. it was like TBS or TNT. I can't remember. But yeah, Jack Lemon, and then because like Ving Rhames won the the Emmy for yeah, that, and he, he wound up right. giving it to to, to Jack Lemon. I did see that, ceremony. but it's been a yeah. long time. It's pretty, you know, it's not, it's mostly like TV personnel. I remember like Tony Danza was one of the guys and, and, and um, I can't see, remember who else was there, but he was really good. See, $40 million, make that movie, throw yeah. a bunch of characters against the wall, you yeah. know, and see, see what movie magic sticks, yeah, you know, same I thing know. with Cannonball Run. Get yeah. a bunch of people together right. and throw them in a stew and see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, we're all 12 angry men. It's like one of my favorite, actually offshoot versions of it. It was a, uh, I can't remember what issue number it was, but there's 13 a, there's, grumpy dudes. Right. <laughs> right. There's an issue of, I think it's the amazing Spider-Man where someone's going to trial that Spider-Man busted, but then the guy basically saying, no, I didn't, you know, Spider-Man was behind the whole thing. Right. And of course, one of the jurors is Mary Jane Parker. Oh, cool. Mary Jane Watson. Of course she knows <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. And so of course, so she has to go through and convince everybody 
that this the crook did it and Spider-Man had nothing to do with it. And I thought that was kind of funny. I think it was like 12, 12 or 11 angry men and one woman or something like that. Yeah. So, always but, just one woman. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So, all you need, right? All you need. But you anyway. Go. Yeah. Cool. All right, Steph, what's your last one? Um, A Time to Kill. Ooh. Matthew McConaughey. Um, that's that's, that's Grisham, reason, right? John Grisham? Yeah, no, yeah. that's the reason Matthew okay. McConaughey is a thing, is that movie. Yeah. It's, I think Kevin Spacey's in it. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's in it. Kiefer Ooh. Sutherland's in it. Sandra Bullock. Sam Jackson. Sam, yeah, Sam, yeah, he's the guy. He's defending. Yep. I hope they all burn in hell. I yep. remember that. That was a good bit. Yeah. I've seen that movie. I've seen it. It's oddly, it's a comfort movie for me. Sure. Which is weird. God damn it! It's weird <laughs> to say. For those playing at home, <laughs> I keep hitting my microphone. <laughs> Um, it's it's weird to say that as a comfort movie, but it's one I can watch over and over again because it's got such a satisfying ending, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. for Sam Jackson's character and um and for the little girl and everything and it's a bit of a hokey end end with them coming to have yeah. have barbecue or whatever sure. with Sam Jackson's family. But it it's just it was well put together. The characters are all great and I just it's just one of those I'll watch when it's on. Yeah. No, melodrama. If you can invest in melodrama, is fine. Yeah, you know, I don't. Yeah, yeah. and anyway. the speech at the end is pretty memorable. Yeah, yeah. Now I imagine she's white, and then yeah, that's yeah. like the mic drop. I was never that. one who thought Grisham was all that great a writer, but man, that was that's a they, good. They bit. make good yeah. things out of his writing. They do. I think I read two of his books, and that's as far as I got. I don't mind. I didn't think I didn't didn't necessarily hate them or anything, but it's like meh. This I just, I just call them airplane books. You know that sure, you read exactly. Sure on the plane and leave behind I think that's, I think that's one of them i read was this one because yeah. yeah okay yeah so that's cool. mine all right well those are our do honorable mentions hell honorable mentions uh, aside from uh, bob and doug mckenzie strange Brew, <laughs> which gives me the only knowledge oh, i have of the canadian oh, what's legal system. the uh what's the the one oh, i'm sorry with daniel day lewis and he's like the the, the, the irish bombing Yes. Oh, in the name, in the in the name, name of the, the father. In, yes. In, or, or that. The, yeah, oh, yeah, why didn't that, I think that's another comfort? That's movie a good. For me. That that ending where he, they all get exonerated mm-hmm. is one of the most amazing things. Oh my god! And things. I die when Pete yeah. Postlethwaite, you know, the, yeah. his father goes yeah. into jail with him and then yeah. dies. And, yeah. Or uh, yeah. I just love that moment when uh, Emma Thompson basically gets catches the catches the cop. Yeah. And basically, why wasn't why wasn't this done? <laughs> and it's like, and then the music comes up and it's like, yeah, screw you, buddy. You yes. know, and so and they all get up and march out. This is an excellent movie. Yeah. So, yep. That's one. Of, that's a, that's a good one. I'll throw, uh, just because of the novelty of it. Uh, I know how big a Jim Carrey fan you are, Chad. <laughs> so liar, liar. When the lawyer can't lie. Never seen it. It's got a bit. It's got a line that I actually legit like, where uh, he goes objection. And the lawyer goes wine. Of course, the the magic uh, nut of the movie is that yeah. Jim Carrey cannot lie, right? Sure. Like physically cannot lie. So sure. he goes objection. The lawyer goes why? He goes because it's devastating to my case. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about my Matlock phase. <laughs> oh, I was going to mention Matlock Matt shows good, when, yeah. when you're talking uh, about Matlock or Petricelli or well, Perry uh, Mason is back on Perry HBO, Mason's which back. I hear yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I haven't, no, I haven't seen any of that yet. So. And the one case he lost, I remember that in the old series with yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Raymond Burr. And so. Uh, yep. Anyway, they're great, uh, great uh, court movies out there. Tell us which ones we missed, which ones you like, which ones you don't like. And we will be back with recommendations after the guitar noise. Guitar noise. That's a different noise. Sorry. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. So now we're going to do a few recommendations. Let's go the opposite way. Steph, what do you have well, for this uh, couple-week period? Have, I was working from home, so I'm home a lot. And so I binged a bunch of stuff. And I had heard some stuff about Sleepy Hollow. 
Oh, yeah, the uh, Fox show mm. that ran for, what, two seasons? Four. Four. Wow. Okay, cool. Okay. And that was too, too many. <laughs> 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 it started off really good. And um, it's about, obviously, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman, and all that. But then it delves into colonial history and and everything like, and, and i eat that shit up i just i love historical what was it what if it bob crane was a modern new york city detective wasn't it no no well he was pulled into our time through witchcraft i mean it's a supernatural show but yeah. he was pulled into our time through super, uh, through witchcraft and and kind of strikes up a friendship with a detective in the sleepy hollow area so he's still in sleepy oh, cool, hollow cool. but he stays dressed as a colonial guy through the whole show it's great um and he's funny and engaging and the dynamic between him and the female detective um was really good in the first season and a half and then it kind of was it one of those shows that made a bad decision at one point? Or? It did. It and just then ran it, out of it, material. It ran out of material and started to get stupid, like soap opera stupid okay. with supernatural stuff on top of it. Yeah. But another thing in the plus column for it is it was a very inclusive show. Cool. I mean, like, I think Ichabod Crane's character was one of the few Caucasian characters on the show. Everyone else was mm -hmm. a person of color, which was amazing to sure. see. Um, so yeah, and I really dug it and I really, really wanted to find a show similar to it, but I, I, I couldn't think of any and I tried the IMDB shows mm -hmm. like or whatever and landed on Grimm. I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's about basically the main detective character is a Grimm who can see supernatural Vesson who are basically fairy tale characters okay. like werewolves and witches and fish Didn't people they start doing and a Disney people. thing too or something? Or am right. I thinking of something else? That might be something else. Okay. This one ran for six seasons amazingly and okay. I had a hard time getting into it and then like this one in the middle of the six seasons it got pretty good. Cool. And then it got stupid again. No, I literally have one more episode to go in season six and then Shannon and I are going to watch Umbrella Academy. Okay. But, um, Was this like during that one writer strike? You know how it's just, sometimes no. you can kind of tell when things just kind of go off the rails a little no, bit. No, that was there. around 2008. Okay. This one's later. This, okay. this one ended in 2017. Okay. So, but yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, sure. it's, it's, if you can get into it, it's, I would give it several episodes. <laughs> if you can't be bothered, then just ignore me. But yeah. <laughs> that's what I've been good. doing. Cool. Cool. Chad, what do you got? Well, I went on a Hammer uh, Frankenstein binge. I watched uh, Curse of Frankenstein, Revenge of Frankenstein, The Evil of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Created Woman, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, and Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. Those are fantastic And titles. they're a ton of fun. And Peter Cushing is, an, is amazing in that role. He's a spry little shit, and he's you know bouncing around, and he's a sociopath, and it's wonderful. And the thing that I kind of realized on this, on this run-through is you know, how lucky we all are on the timing of when Curse of Frankenstein sort of fell into Hammer's lap. That's a whole story. But the long and the short of it is they kind of had uh, switched uh, American contacts to get their stuff distributed over here. Sure. And the guy before was a guy named Robert Lippert, who basically said, okay, to get American box office, we need to have American actors in your movies, which is why you get Brian Dunleavy in the Quatermass movies and Dean Yeager in X the Unknown. And so they're going to make Frankenstein, right? Right. And the guys at Hammer basically says, well, you know, we think Frankenstein is enough of a marquee grab that we can forget bringing in any American actors on this and save some salary and spend it on the movie. And it all depended <laughs> on what this, what the, what this guy named Eric Hyman, what he said. And he says, yeah, that's fine. And if he hadn't have done that, Peter Cushing wouldn't have played Victor Frankenstein. It had oh. been some American actor. Huh. So that's how close we were to not, not yeah. having Peter Cushing playing Victor Frankenstein. And of course, other movies. than Star Wars, that's like his main, the main thing. He's oh, yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. Well, his, the stuff he did for Hammer, because he was like a TV guy. He was a TV right. actor. He did uh, like a great adaptation in 1984 for the BBC. Huh. And it's, it's really good. And so, but yeah, he's so, he's so great in that. And it's like, and it's like, you just think, it gives me the screaming Wilhelm just thinking about that sometimes. Like, oh my God, it could, we could have like Brian Dunleavy again or yeah. somebody in that, or, or, you know, it's like, oh no, that'd have been terrible. Jimmy Stewart. Right. <laughs> and then uh, another movie I recently watched again for the first time and I don't remember is The Hidden. The 
Hit. Do you remember this? Kyle McLaughlin and Michael Nury and the alien parasite and Michael McL- or Kyle McLaughlin is another alien. No, come to, come uh-huh. to Earth to kill him and Michael Nury's a cop and they got to go through and track this 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 alien that keeps jumping bodies. You guys oh. have never seen this? No. no. Oh my! I have a feeling we will. Oh my God! You guys <laughs> need to see this movie. This movie is so great and it's just and it's full of half a million that guys i yeah. mean it's just like for just brief seconds like danny trio shows up for like two seconds you know and just, you just keep pointing i was like oh i know that person i know that person too you know and it's like they're about to blow up and be something you know and they're in this movie it's like oh my god you oh my i can't believe you guys have the hidden. hidden the hidden the hidden is amazing okay we're gonna watch that i um, actually heard a good kyle mclaughlin joke the other day okay is that when kyle mclaughlin works with uh, david lynch he asked him if you can uh, if you can sing, and Kyle McLaughlin said uh, when they were shooting Blue Velvet, he goes, uh, "No, I can't sing." But after a while, I found my ear. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I thought it was clever. There okay, sorry, continue. That's okay. And then also, I sort of uh, <laughs> it's a Kyle McLaughlin I, joke. Kyle McLaughlin. McLaughlin. He's hysterical in the hidden. By the way, yeah, I think he's an underrated yeah, actor. He's yeah, very, very he's good. very good. And uh, I think I found a new favorite author. On my little vacation time, uh, Lionel White. He's uh, he's an older writer. He wrote for the Pulps, um, and his specialty is sort of crime capers gone to shit. Hey, you know, like kind these, of a uh, proto Cone Brothers. Yeah, it's like these these perfect plans or whatever, and then just something happens and it derails it, and then it's just then trying to recover from there. Uh, he wrote, um, let's see, I wrote it down. He wrote Clean Break, which was uh, the basis for Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. Really, and so. If that's just kind of what it is. It's just like these overlapping tales of all these different players in the in the heist or whatever. And then, like I said, and then it gets to the point. It's like it's going great, and then something happens, and then it just kind of unravels from there. Awesome. And so just, I I burned through two of his books. I'm gonna track down some more because like they're What's his really name? good. Lionel White. Lionel, Lionel White. Oh, light, light, best. light. As in Lionel Richie. As in white. As in oh, okay. as in my color is white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I am a white guy. Why I am do a white dude. Like I am a white dude. But anyway, cool. I I would like to read one of those. So yeah, you guys need you need to read Lionel White and you need to see The Hidden. I can't yes, believe you guys have never seen The Hidden. Yikes! Another another outdoor movie night coming. Oh, <laughs> All right, so I've got two things real quick. One of them is I got around to reading Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. Have you ever read a Grady Hendrix book? He no. did no. Uh, We Sold Our Souls. He's he's very well known for the uh, paperbacks from Hell. He's kind of a big deal in the horror community. He had a bunch of. Uh, his scripts turned into movies, stuff yeah. like that. Well, that paperback from hell, that's like doing the God's work there. I yeah, think, yeah. Stuff yeah, he's, he's an interesting dude from what I can yeah. tell. But um, Horror Store is set in an Ikea analog. And it's it, each chapter starts with a description of a uh, of a product, right? So it's like, here's our best-selling, you know, bureau drawer or whatever, right? And as these characters, the strange things are happening in the store, a group of characters decide to stay overnight to see if they could track down what it is with the blessing of corporate turns out it was built on uh, uh the grounds of a experimental prison where the uh, uh warden of this experimental prison from the 1800s worked people to death basically and that was his form of therapy is i'm going to work you to death and then the items before the chapters start changing to come kind of like torture devices and uh uh it's kind of this kind of gnarly ghost story um it's 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 a moderately high recommend. It was yeah. pretty it was pretty good. It, I read mm-hmm. it in like three days. It was yeah. just one of those things where it's like this is really well written and zips yeah. right by and is very fun. And it's going to be a movie pretty soon. So get ahead of the curve. Yeah, that's and uh, read horror story by Grady Hendrix. Yeah, the two books that I read by well, I didn't even mention Lionel White were Hostage for a Hood and A Grave Undertaking. Mm-hmm. And Hostage for a Hood it was like it was like only 120 pages and that is the first book that I read from cover to cover in a long time. Awesome. That's and cool. So, so yeah, yeah highly recommend on those. And right, the sorry. other bit is yesterday. The Happy Happy Joy Joy documentary dropped on streaming, and I went ahead and spent the the five bucks or whatever it is and bought it. It's the documentary about Ren and Stimpy, okay. and what happened. And oh my God, John Crispo Lucy was a was a creep. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God, that dude. Yeah. And don't, don't always, find out about your heroes because it's it's yucky. Well, I always wondered as a kid, 
what you know it's like because you follow it a little bit yep. it's like okay that first season was amazing let's do season two hey things are different why are things different why yep. didn't they just do that well it's because they, why does because why they, does Ren sound funny it's because the owner was a pedophile that's yeah. why you yeah. know and it's, it's like yeah. oh my it, the god the story is not was? pleasant yeah. no well okay what he would do he wasn't a pedophile what He's he would do yeah he would find very young girls like 13 14 years old who wanted to get into animation and then groom them to to oh. meet with him and then he would romantically entangle yep. himself and he he was yep. living with a 14 year old for a long time and it, well for a year and it was you know and it was just grody and ugh. <clears throat> and it, there's one point in the documentary where it, first off it, it was great to revisit those characters again and see all that stuff and then see how it fell apart yeah i probably should have just you know it was never going to be spongebob squarepants you know sure. it, was, it was never going to run for 16 seasons or yeah. whatever but there's a scene where he's like they're interviewing him and he goes oh my god i didn't know that I had that effect on them. If uh, I would love to apologize, please get in touch with me. I'm like, no, don't get in touch with him by any, any reason. Uh, no. Yeah. It was, it was a good documentary. It answered a bunch of questions. Billy West remains a national treasure. Sure. If you don't know who Billy West is, shame on you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was very good. It was, it was very well worth the rental. So if you're, if you yeah, obsessed over watched, Ren and Stimpy yeah. when you were 12 years old, like I did, <laughs> I haven't know, watched those in forever. They were good, though. Yeah, they, they were. They were. And that's the worst part. It was like must see TV back then, you know? Yeah. Space Madness, uh, yeah. the Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy song. Oh, uh, my God. I just they, remember I, Robin Hork. That was yeah, one Robin of my favorites. Yeah, Robin Hork. Uh, Powdered Toast Man, yeah. who was voiced, uh, the Pope was voiced yeah. by uh, Frank Zappa in one episode. I mean, it was or, just honest to God <laughs> outlaw stuff. That one thing, too. And it's like they're going around. Selling rubber kneecap protectors. That was season two. And they, yeah. but anyway, they get to the they get to the one house. It's like you got any rubber Waller's protectors? Mm-hmm. And the rubber Waller's are like, call the police. <laughs> yep. <laughs> call the police. <laughs> yep. Vane standing out in his neck. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh... <laughs> or, or or log. Yep. Was log, log was that for a season? <laughs> it was. The remote control Big, shaver. It's heavy, it's wood. It's wood. <laughs> the remote control shaver where Stimpy says, now you can get a clean clothes shave and not even be there. And he shaves Ren and Ren gritty, comes around the corner, gritty. half hairy. Ew. <laughs> gritty kitty. He's not so gritty. Even in milk. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, it was a good show, but man, the cost it took. So anyway. All right. Well, that's our episode this week. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening. Find us on the socials and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yoink. Do, 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 do. You've been listening to The Atomic Weight of Cheese, where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema. You can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com, follow us on Twitter at A-W-O-C podcast, see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atomicweightofcheese, or shoot us an email at atomicweightofcheese at gmail.com. We love your feedback.